Hey, welcome back. Hey, we're uh, here. I've got my main man, Hayden Fallick. Hayden is going to help me. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about WWE, AEW, all things wrestling. It's an important weekend coming up. It's WrestleMania weekend. So we're going to do a little bit of a WrestleMania preview. And uh, then we're going to jump into some other things going on in the wrestling world. Have a little fun here. I gave Token Girl the rest of the night off. So uh, we'll go in here and Hayden. First off, Hayden, how you doing, buddy? Doing good, man. How you doing? Doing all right, man. Thanks for asking. Uh, and I, I wanted to bring you in. You are our resident. I mean, I, I I like wrestling. I know wrestling, but you are the expert. I mean, you are my yeah. guy. And we had to do something for WrestleMania weekend. I know that you and I both talked. We were not big on this event this year. This is WrestleMania is supposed to be the biggest wrestling weekend of the year. And I guess technically it still is a two night WrestleMania, Saturday night, Sunday night. But I don't think I'm excited for very much of this. What is your take? doesn't feel very special, does it? Not at all. I mean, I, no. I think we've got a we've got a great an opportunity of a great match at the end on Sunday between Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. And I like the idea of a Steve Austin comeback, but I don't really understand what he's doing. So this is the problem. This is the problem. We've seen Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar before. We have. Okay. We've seen that. This is the third time that they have uh, wrestled in the main event of WrestleMania. Yeah. Now, the first time, let's update people who don't know. The first time Seth Rollins got installed into the match. And he won. Yeah, he cashed in his money in the bank. Right. He cashed in money in the bank. Yeah. And he won the match. The second time, Roman won. Yeah. And now we've got the, the, the rubber match, if you will. This is Brock's chance to get even. But I, are you on the same boat, Diane, that there's no way Brock's winning this? Mm. No, actually, this is the one match I'm not sure about. See, I, think I don't think, yeah, I don't think Brock will win. But, man, you know, they've had a heel win WrestleMania so many times. Now it feels like it's, it's ridiculous. Somebody, at some point, they got to have some celebration. Yeah. Um, typically, the face goes over it, at the end of WrestleMania, so I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Brock won, but I tend to think that Roman's going to win. Roman's yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's kind of holding up the promotion right now, to be honest yeah. with you. So I, I can't imagine that. Um, I, I can't imagine that they they do like a, a screw job finish. No. Um, so I, I, I'm not really sure. To be honest, it doesn't really matter. You know, they don't have any stars right now. Those are the only two real big stars that they have. I was going to say And that's that. a problem. Yeah, I was going to say It's that. a problem. If I'm Vince, I protect Roman. You know, yeah. but you're going to have a very boring show because you got to find somebody else, and there's nobody right now that can really viably beat him. Okay. I've got the list up here of all the matches for this weekend. Sure. Okay. I 100% agree with you. By the way, I maybe the only two men stars the WWE has are Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. Yeah. Um, I think they've got women. I I think that I think Becky Lynch is great. Uh, They've obviously got Ronda Rousey. I don't know how much longer they're going to have Ronda Rousey, but they've got Ronda Rousey. I think Charlotte Flair is a movie star. Yeah. I think I think I think Roman Reigns is too. 
Um, You're really missing the big one with them, though, which is Bianca Belair. She's the other one that's a. That's and so I was going to get to Bianca Belair. I I, I yeah. do like Bianca Belair, and then the other one I also like of the ladies. I like Sasha. Sure. And I think uh, Sasha and, and has I, bigger uh, bigger aspirations than being in WWE, though. I think so, so too. We'll see. And I, and I also like Rhea Ripley. Yeah, I like Rhea Ripley. But I yeah, I, I could see I them think, doing something with her. Yeah, but I think if you look at the big stars, like we're talking about Brock, we're talking about Brock and Roman. I, I think it's Charlotte and Becky. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I they keep trying to put in Bianca Belair into that, and I think she's definitely at that tier at this point, but she's not Becky Lynch level. Um, I don't really know. Again, it's kind of the same, it's, it's kind of the same problems, but it's not, um, not quite as, not quite as severe, I guess. Give me somebody that you would push to the next level on the men's side. Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle. Okay. Your guy, you like, and I I know exactly how on the Matt Riddle train yet. I'm just not with him. The crowd's with him though. This is what I would Rob do with Matt Riddle. This is very easy. It would be so easy to do this. And and I don't know why they don't do it. All you do, have them come out. Um, have some kind of altercation in the back with Roman. Okay. Have Roman beat the hell out of Randy Orton and retire him. Then you have Matt Riddle come out and do a promo. And he says, you know, I'm been, I've been goofy this whole time. I know you like the fun guy, but I'm actually a badass MMA fighter who fought in the UFC and that's the guy that's coming for you, Roman. That's how you push him. Yeah. You have him suddenly do a 180 from his goofy character, have him snap back to being an MMA guy. And that's, that's what you do with them. And it's very, very easy. How much time do you think Randy Orton has left? Mm. You know, not too much. He's been injured a bunch of times. I think that's one of the reasons why they're kind of doing what they're doing with him right now. He's in the yeah, they're the tag team champions right now. Yeah, they're the tag I mean, team champions, and, and he's all happy. Yeah, he's all happy and you know, happy go lucky and all this stuff. And that's not a side of Randy Orton we've seen before. Yeah. But I think that's one of the reasons why they're doing that with him is because you know they're they're he's getting ready to retire. Um I mean, he's had a lot of injuries, and he wrestles a pretty high-impact style. Uh, so I can't imagine he's going to be around too much longer. But he's also a really big star, and they they need they need him. Yeah. But there's a reason they haven't pushed him past the the tag team titles yet. They haven't started. They haven't tried to do that again. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I think the guy that seems like the guy to me that the WWE kind of has put on like 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 the all index circle is Seth Rollins. It's like I think that. I think he's going to lose his match to WrestleMania this year, but I think that's sort of the the pullback to then try to make him that. They keep trying to make him that next level. He just doesn't quite get there. He's got all the skills in the rings. I just, there's something with him that doesn't quite click for me. What do you think? Um, I've never cared for his selling. Okay. Um, it's always and maybe that's me. something I see too. I haven't thought of it that way. It's always bothered me. I don't. I don't know if the, most fans would pick this up, but it's it's always bothered me that like so he had that WrestleMania match with Triple H and Triple H worked over his leg the entire match and then all of a sudden when he's making his comeback his leg is fine and he's doing frog splashes yeah. and that but that's always and, and it's his selling has never been good but I think the problem with Seth Rollins is is that they can't quite get his character down 
There's yeah. never like he's had. It the feels hodgepodge. like he's had 15 different characters, and they never seem to settle on anything with him. Yeah, I would have had three in the last six months. Yeah, I don't. I think that's the big problem for me with Seth Rollins. Um, he's he kind of feels like that guy. He's a little like Jericho was when Jericho was in WWE. His big run in WWE, like it feels like he's a bigger deal than he actually is mm-hmm. on the roster. Um, that's interesting. You know, it's, it, yeah, it was you know with with Jericho, you knew he was always going to get beat by Triple H, and you knew they never saw him as a top guy. And that's kind of how I I look at Seth Rollins right now is that, yeah, I mean, you know, he's been the champion and and they he's had some big runs, but they look at him and they don't see the guy. And it's clear that they're not 100% behind him. Yeah. So, okay. you know, that that's always been my favorite. And, the, and they, this storyline that they, they do this every year with somebody, this thing about they don't have a path to WrestleMania. Come on. Yeah. Stupid. He could at least be in the, the battle royal or whatever. Yeah, let's get Dumb. let's get into that one real quick because we're going to hit a few of these matches real quick. So sure, Seth Rollins does not have a match, and so on Monday night they said, "Okay, Seth Rollins, you are going to have a match now, but you're not going to know your opponent until you are in the ring." Except everybody knows his opponent. We all know this is Cody, right? <laughs> this is Cody, right? right. Like yeah. they're chanting Cody in that, like in the arena, like everyone's well, up for a month that he, Seth Rollins is facing Cody Rhodes. I mean, the only other thing I could think of that they would do, if, I think if Cody had fallen through, the only other thing they could have done was maybe use Braun Breaker, yeah. and that might have been a surprise. But Or Undertaker maybe just comes in and gives him a choke slam. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they're, they're not even bothering to to, uh, to lower the Cody Rhodes chance in the background. So, Yeah, yeah so I, let me, let's, let's go to Cody in a minute. Let me, let's, uh, so we're definitely both on the same page that the, yeah, the mystery Cody. opponent of Mr. McMahon's choosing is Cody Rhodes. So uh, who do you think to win that? You think Cody wins, right? Yeah, I think, uh, I think it's not going to be a squash uh, exactly, but it will be short and Seth Rollins will lose. Okay. Um, I think one of the matches on here that I, I don't know if I like the buildup for, but I think I'll like the match is Edge and AJ Styles. I think the buildup's not been very good at all. No, and God, Edge looks old. He does look very – they need to hand the camera back on him. He looks it's, terrible. He does. He's he's, he, he's like a year older than I am, and he, he just looks like he's just in his 60s. And he also looks crazy, which is not a bad thing. No. But he just looks so old, man. I don't know what the deal is. I think he would look better if he shaved his beard off. Sure. I think if you saw the lines in his face – you know how he's doing that anger thing? If you can yeah. see the more line, the lines more pronounced in his face and in his neck, I think it would come off better. Sure. I but mean, the, I, the, I could see that. the beard itself, the way it's like how wiry looking and gray, me saying that with, with the gray I have on my facial hair, but, but with Edge, it stands out and it makes him look old. Yeah, but you know what? I mean, here's the other problem, okay? So let's look at some of the, let's look at the WWE roster. This is, this is a bigger problem for me. Okay, so we got Edge versus, yeah, we got Edge versus AJ, right? Edge is 48. Um, AJ is um, 46. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, that's, you have Bobby Lashley. This is in the next match versus Omos. Bobby Lashley is in his 40s. Yeah, 1976. 
is when he was born. I'm looking now at their, all their biographies. Okay. Okay. So these are their big stars. Brock Lesnar, another one. Over, over 40. Yeah. Roman's not. But Roman is in his, I mean, he's in his late 30s. Yeah. And right? I think so Roman's headed all these home. guys are, yeah. yeah, I mean, all these guys are, are old and it's a problem. You can't, like, they're, they're not building anybody. You know, we were just talking about that. I mean, the only person on this roster that I'm looking at right now that's, you know, in their 20s is Dominic. And yeah, I mean, that's about it. I would say Austin uh, Austin Theory is as well. Yeah, Austin Theory's the other one. And I think yeah, that's true. Be, I think he could be great, but he's yeah. young, young. He's still. So I don't know where they're going with that yet. Um, he seems to have a lot of skills. He seems to. Yeah, yeah he's really good. He's twenty five. Okay. Vince seems to like him, but he's not a huge guy, so who knows? Yeah, that's true. And you can't just have one guy that you're building. You got to build some other people around him. So I think it goes back to that whole thing we talked about last time of if they're selling the company, they're just going to try to get rid of it and not worry about what's left in the cupboard. I mean, and if if somebody like Comcast buys this, they're just buying a TV show. Yeah, basically programming and and basically a traveling version, a wrestling version of the ice capades travel around and sell tickets. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, where the parts it's are ridiculous. You know, the parts are going to be, you know, you know, very interchangeable. Um, right. And I think that's one thing. I think with if you compare AEW and WWE, that's one thing with AEW. They have different stars at different tiers on their in their roster right now, and at different ages. And you have Jericho, who's older than most, and you have Punk, who's not far behind, and then you have Brian Danielson and um um. And Moxley and a few others, but then you have these young guys like MJF and some of those guys. So well, they have, that, they have they've they've built people. You know they've got they've got their pillars, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. And and the pillars are are very important to them. And you know you can you can see that who they're building. Yeah. And that makes it you know far more interesting to me than watching a bunch of you know forty yeah. year old guys beat yeah. each other up. Well, I'm, okay. So I'm looking looking at this right now. I'm just and I'm looking at the rosters. This is the the matches we've got coming up. Um. Pull it up by day here if I can go back to that. Uh, they don't have it sorted out here on their road. They had to, okay. We've got this is kind of, I, I'm assuming this is going to be Saturday that end of Sunday. So we got Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey, which could be a great match. But Charlotte's sure. incredible. I mean, Charlotte can, Charlotte can have a good match with anybody. Who you got there? Well, not Nia Jax. Well, not okay. Okay, Nia Jax. I'm gonna go. I I mean, obviously, I would go with Ronda. I don't know how long she'll be there, but there's no way that they. I can't see that they're gonna ever have her lose. Yeah, she's the female Brock. I mean, okay, all right. We've got uh, Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair. Is this the time they build Bianca Belair to go ahead and go over the top? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, and I'm just going through the kind of the top two or three matches from each night. So then sure. Sunday night, we've got Roman and Brock. We're, you think yeah, Brock's I, winning, I think Roman's winning. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Both like Cody. The Edge-AJ Styles match. How do you think this is going to go down? You know, the build's been so bad. It has been bad. I, really bad. I, I, I kind of feel like AJ needs to win that. But for some reason, they haven't, they haven't, you know, AJ, the reason for me is that AJ 
really hasn't been a singles wrestler in the last, you know, couple of years. And I, I guess they want to give him a big singles win. Yeah. And he's a great worker. He's, you know, edge is, is fine. There's nothing wrong with edge, but he's, he's older and he's had a lot of injuries. Yeah. Same story about, you know, as Orton basically. And, you know, AJ is older, but at least he's an older guy, but he can still really go. And he hasn't yeah. quite had the injuries that, that edge has had. So. All right. The other things I want to bring up. So we got now Bobby Lashley is back. And he's another one of those 40 plus guys facing Omos. God, that sounds like a train wreck. That sounds like, and I like Bobby Lashley, man. And I saw Omos in person. And what I'll say, we were talking about this before we started recording, is he's hard to take your eyes off of. He is a massive human being. So, he looks athletic. So the and whole point he- of this match to me is that the whole point of this match is to show how strong Bobby Lashley is. And we're going to see a bunch of feats of strength. So he'll probably suplex him or something or try. Yeah. And he'll probably, I mean, for sure he'll body slam him. Yeah. Cause that's a, that's a Hulk Hogan callback, right? Body slamming yeah. the giant. He's not going to win. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you do with Omos. I mean, it, okay. it's, I, he, I he can't work. He's, he's yeah. terrible. He can't work. He's a big guy who's, you know, intimidating. He can't talk. Omos would have been perfect. I don't know what you do with him. Omos would have been perfect in the 1980s with Bobby the Brain Heenan going after him. Yeah, Omos. exactly. Yeah, perfect. Been perfect. But you know what? I don't even know if that's I don't even know if that's the case because we saw that in the in the 90s with uh, Giant Gonzalez and he was yeah, terrible too. That was different. That wasn't that wasn't the Vince era. That was I was over in WCW doing that. No, and, no, they had him in WWE. He wrestled Undertaker. He wrestled the Undertaker. But I mean, but I'm saying, was it, I think that the idea of how you know they had the two or three years from after Andre, and you had Bundy and Andre and Stud, and, and you had all these guys that all the big guys got put with Bobby the Brain. Yeah, because it was hit. It was Bobby the Brain versus Hogan. Yeah, that's really it. Was Bobby the Brain versus yeah. Hogan? And that was really the big feud. Yeah, up outside of Andre's piece of it, you know, Bobby was there to turn him was there to turn him heel. But I think that um, I think Omos been perfect for that. Sure, um, I could see an Omos versus Hulk, versus Hulk Hogan match. I mean, from the eighties, not, not today. Yeah, from not the eighties. I mean, if it had that match today, Hogan would die. Yeah, of course I he would die. If he had any match now, he would die. Yeah. The other thing that bothers me about this card is all the celebrities. We got Logan Paul teaming with the Miz against the Mysterios. I am not down with this Dominic Mysterio thing at all, by the way. I just I just don't get it. He's all right. He's, he's just not okay. as good. Yeah, he's all right. It's hard. It's gonna be hard. It's always gonna be hard for him because he's Ray Mysterio's son. Yeah. His dad was exciting. His dad's old now. But his dad was exciting. Well, if you think about it, his dad is probably of the last maybe twenty years. Ray's probably the most influential wrestler that there in the in the entire industry, for the reason that he's the guy that got small guys into the major promotions. You would not see, and 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 yeah, he they say he's the greatest luchador of all time. Uh, I I think uh, you know outside of El Santo, they're probably right, um, because. He's he really made lucha a uh, mainstream yeah. phenomenon, and again, like I said, he was the he's he he brought smaller guys 
I agree with that. Back into wrestling and yeah. he flew a lot more. You could see, you know, that speed and that, yeah. um, that style yeah. really influenced a lot of guys. And I, I don't even really, I mean, if you think about it, think about guys who are big influences. I don't even think it's really close. I think Ray's the guy and for the last 20 years, he's really, um, has really pushed that a lot. Yeah. I, I can see where you're going with that. I do see that. Yeah. Um, Okay, so then more of these celebrities things. We got Logan Paul, obviously. I, yeah, I, mean, I barely know who that is. I mean, I know who he is, but I, mean, I don't even think about him. Other than he's just some boxer who got famous on YouTube. We have he's Johnny not a boxer, Knoxville. Is he? We have Johnny, Johnny Knoxville, Knoxville fighting Sami Zayn. Which God bless Sami Zayn for having to fucking do this shit, huh? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, at least Johnny Knoxville knows how to take a bump. I guess. I hopefully they just. Hopefully he bumps him off the goddamn roof. I mean, what's the use of having? What is the use of that? Honestly, what's going to be some kind of match stunt. to Johnny Knoxville? None, because we've already seen him do crazier stuff on his own show. So yeah. what's he going to do? Jump off yeah. the WrestleMania sign? Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's going to jump off the fucking to the, the screen the top of the fucking yeah. AT&T <laughs> Yeah, tell me. Terrible. And then we got now. I like this guy, and we got Pat McAfee. Who's actually count him. who's trained to be a wrestler? He's wrestled a couple of matches already against Austin Theory. Yeah, um, I, I don't count. I don't count Pat McAfee. As yeah, a, as I don't a count Pat McAfee in that whole yeah. celebrity thing. He was in NXT. I mean, yeah, you know, he was in NXT and he's a commentator and he's 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 there more or less full time. So I don't count him. But yeah. yeah, the other two. I mean, Logan Paul and whatever. And you watch they're gonna try to turn babyface on Miz. I mean, it's just. If Logan they were smart, Paul, would they? Yeah, if they if they were smart, they'd make Miz turn babyface on Logan Paul and then beat him up because nobody likes Logan Paul. Yeah, yeah, I don't have much to do with the Logan Paul thing. Uh, I do, I, I do like Pat McAfee, and, yeah. and I like McAfee as an announcer. I love when he climbs up on the on the uh, desk during Shinsuke Nakamura's uh, entrance and dances. I I love his I love his uh, podcast. I listen to his podcast almost every day. It's it's great. His show it's on YouTube. I listen to the podcast later. I don't get, I don't get the chance to listen to it live. Uh, but I like I like Pat McAfee. I think Pat McAfee. Yeah. Works. I actually told I actually got to meet I met, met Peyton Manning a few months ago, and I said to Peyton Manning, "You guys should make Pat McAfee the full time host of the Manning podcast, the Manning cast on Monday nights." And he was like, "It was discussed. Yeah. Said, it was discussed." That Pat McAfee, I, I think Pat McAfee would be great at that. I think Pat McAfee is one of the most entertaining people there is right now. Yeah. So, and he's a real athlete too. You know, a punter. I mean, he's a real athlete. I mean, he is a he's an athlete. He was a punter, but yes. I mean, he he played. He had a long career in the NFL. He did have a long career. No, Pat McAfee very is long a, is career a, in the NFL. He's a, he's a and he's actually a very good wrestler. I think he was actually the Wrestling Observer Rookie of the Year or something one year. Yeah. Um, he, yeah, he's he and he had a great his his matches actually in NXT were really good. Yeah. And um, you know, he's had one of the best debut matches I, I've ever seen. The so, him and Adam Cole. Yeah, it was yeah. awesome. Yeah. And you know, so he. Yeah, he deserves. He's 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 a real wrestler. I, I I won't count him as a celebrity. I mean, he is, but but there's there's too much of that in these things. I mean, you can go out there and have a you know hokey pokey time, but keep putting these guys in matches. It's just awful. Yeah, and then 
I feel like we've been sold a bill of goods. Steve Austin okay. is coming back, but not for a match. Last time we talked, we thought it was going to be a match. He's going to come on the KO show at WrestleMania. Yeah, but that's why it's not exciting anymore. That's if right. It was a match. There was like an excitement to this. My son actually came to me and says, Dad, I want to go because I want to see Steve Austin wrestle. I never saw Steve Austin wrestle because he's he's 19 years old. That, you know, 19 years ago is when Austin retired. Yeah. And I said, I, son, I'm not doing it. And then like a week later, it's the KO show. And we're like, I told my son, I was like, are you glad we're not going down? He's like, yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> well, it's terrible. I mean, you know, that's like um, when they would have, you know, they had Hulk Hogan and, and The Rock or whatever as as uh, WrestleMania hosts. hosts. And you yeah. saw them do, yeah, you saw them do like two things and it was yeah. stupid. He's going to come this, out. This is He's going to come thing. out in an ATV. He's going to talk a bunch of trash. Owens is going to talk trash and then hit him. And then Austin's going to just start beating him down. And give him a stunner. Up. He's going to hit him with a stunner. And then he's going to fake a pin or do something. And then he, Owens is going to roll out with the camera on him with his hands over his head going, oh, my God, oh, my God. And, and then he's going to do the four corners beer thing. It, it, it's That's not – I don't know. This is just the. Well, there's nothing thing. they can do to follow it up because you know. No. You it, can't have Stone Cold Steve Austin wrestling. You're right, but why even go there in this way then? To make this because video? because the, I don't think this is what they were intending to do at first. Well, I think they well, finally. I think they found I, out some stuff about Steve Austin's health and they had to change their plans. But they still wanted him on the card. That's exactly what I think. I think the intention was Steve Austin was going to wrestle Kevin Owens. Yeah, and you can't have a. I mean, you, and you're not going to have a WrestleMania in Texas without Steve Austin showing up. Yeah. But I think that the, I think the idea of him running working a match, something wasn't right there. Yeah. And I think when they, you know, when they looked at it, it wasn't going to happen. So they switched it to this, but this is a big letdown. Yeah. Um, Let me ask you one more question I have is why do we have to have so many of these tag team matches? Why can't it just be two tag teams? Why does it have to be four or three? Because you got to get people on the card. We got two fucking nights. Yeah, I well, that's what I'm saying. But that's what I said. But you got to get people on the card and they don't for whatever reason, they don't do the. um, they don't. The it's, it's. They don't do the battle royal anymore. Uh, I mean, I, I don't understand that either. They don't put the battle royal on they, the uh, main they show. They also had the money in the bank at one time, and they don't do that anymore. Yeah, they've had a bunch of stuff. I mean, there's ways to do this. They want to get a payday for yeah. money. This could really be one card. There's no reason it should be two nights. No, there really isn't. I mean, if. So, you know, if you look at the night two, the first match is this huge women's tag team match. And. Yeah. No one cares. No, no one cares. They, they've done nothing with it. Then you got a triple threat tag team match, um, yeah. you know, with RK Bro and Street Profits and Alpha Academy. Right. I'm sure that'll be wildly entertaining, um, mostly because I mean, all those guys are really good. Yeah. But I, I don't like three way matches anyway, to be honest, because you know they always have that this that spot where one guy is just knocked out on the outside and the other two guys are fighting. And it's just, yeah, I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of the three-way dance for that reason. Um, Cause it's just not, it's, it's not a good way to get guys over. Um, 
So yeah, they're doing these three or four way matches. I just I yeah. don't. Yeah. I, so I I I'm just not thrilled about this at all. No, I don't. I don't. I'm gonna I, wait I, to not see. What, I'm gonna hear what happens afterwards, and then I'll go back into Peacock and go to the parts I might want to see. Yeah. Okay. That's that's the so that's what we're gonna tell everybody to do. Just wait, read what happens online, and go back and see what you want to see. Don't waste always four or five hours of your life each night. Especially no, Saturday don't do that. when the Jayhawks are playing. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. A um, couple things we want to jump on here, Debbie, real quick. Um, the Hall of Fame Saturday night or Friday night, I'm sorry, after SmackDown on Peacock. And uh, The Undertaker is going to be going to be The Undertaker, Vader, and the Steiner Brothers. Yeah. So, I, I, the Hall, people think the Hall of Fame is kind of bullshit. It's just whatever Vince wants to do that year. Um, but my question is since they're, Acknowledging the Steiners, at what point can we just make Ron Breaker Ron Steiner? Something probably Steiner? never, because probably never. But I, I don't know. I don't know why they don't do that anyway. Just make him he's stupid. Like kid, acknowledge. Yeah, it. he's yeah, he, and he and he looks like I mean he looks like the Rick Steiner's kid, and they, he does the dog face gremlin bark, and he does. Yeah. It's 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 so dumb i i don't understand that either i i guess there's probably something to do with merchandising or yeah you know something to do with they okay them, they don't they want him to the take name. the name they, they don't the want name. him to take the name but that's dumb too because if he was to leave and go into indies he would just call himself Braun steiner and everybody knows who that is yeah so it's dumb yeah. um i don't how know long, how long till this guy is in the main event of wrestlemania probably two years two we'll years. see wrestlemania 40 yeah, let's go with WrestleMania 40. WrestleMania all the 40, gray hair. Hopefully <laughs> all the 40-year-olds are not are off of the card at that point. Yeah. Um, okay, I was going to ask about that. And then I mean, the biggest news in wrestling, I guess, in the past week has really been Triple H retired. Yeah. Did you see the interview? Yeah, but you could see that. You could see that on we, the wall. We kind of knew that was going to happen. I mean, it was, it was, we know now it wasn't a heart attack. And he explained, did you see the interview with I have not seen the interview, no. It's pretty good. It's only a few minutes. It's just a bunch of softball questions. But he explains what happened. He um, was having some issues, and it's some of those hereditary that a lot of the men in his family have had heart issues in the past. And he was having, he basically was having heart failure. Yeah. And uh, they caught it, and he went to, he was in a hospital. They said that he was, they had to go put, put, put under. Uh, before his heart completely failed and they now had to put a defibrillator in his heart he jokingly said that if he uh he says i'm retiring because i have a defibrillator in my heart and if it were to uh, shock me in the middle of a match that wouldn't be a good thing yeah well i mean it was it was pretty clear that was that that's what had happened anyway um you know he he leaves behind kind of an interesting legacy because I will still argue, and I'll argue this, this is one of those hills I'll die on, that Triple H was never the guy. No, they I tried agree. to make him the guy, but he, he was never the guy. And he's one of the – they, they tried, and they'd like to make you believe that he was. Yeah. But he never actually was. And no, then he's more than the little buddy to Shawn Michaels. He's yeah. more than that. But you know what he is to me? He's the guy who wrestles the guy. Yeah, he was yeah, a great I, opponent for Austin, and he was a great opponent for The Rock. Yeah, and that's always been my argument about uh, about him is that he, he's that's the level he should have been pushed at. 
but they pushed him higher, of course, because for obvious reasons, you know, and uh, I, I never saw him though, as, as the guy. Yeah. Um, well, I like the, the, uh, the presentation of him in the early two thousands, you know, with the motorhead song and, you know, the, the intensity yeah. and that stuff, but he was never the guy. Mm. And they tried to make him the guy after Austin was gone, after the rock was gone, but the undertaker was the guy. And it was the Brock Lesnar came along and some other people came along and it was never quite triple. He never quite, he was the guy that got the guy over. Right. He was the guy that got helped with Austin who helped the rock who hell, He's the guy that put Chris Benoit over. Well, he did, but he didn't like doing it. Uh, <laughs> well, no, he did, but he did. But he you did. know, there was a thing with there was a thing with Daniel with uh, Brian Danielson too. I mean, there's this whole yeah. that you know, there there's a whole thing. But he was he was tremendously selfish for a long time. I think he got yeah. unselfish sort of at the end. And and you know his his NXT um, is having a legacy that maybe he's not real proud of right now because all those guys went to AEW, but. Yeah, and that's not well, and I agree with that. The thing about that is that they ran them off. They ran those guys off. They ran those guys off. Yeah, they're gonna run more of them off. I mean, we're gonna see more of those. Well, guys. I mean, I don't know about that because nobody left. The only no, person he, anybody cares about in uh, in in NXT is Braun Breaker. I mean, I guess there's Tommaso Ciampa, but you know, Ciampa is, I guess Roderick Strong was was in. You know, the yeah, they're all they're going. They're going to leave. They don't care. They're, they're gone. Yeah, those two are gone. Yeah, as they can. Gargano already. You know, he's it's he's gone. already gone. Yeah, yeah. So I think that'll be interesting at least. Um, and see what happens. I, I do think that yeah, the the idea when Triple H had his heart thing come up, that was sort of the end that uh, that Vince McMahon needed to turn NXT into. Like the uh, a hallucination, basically. I told you what I thought of it. It's like yeah. one of Rick Steiner's '90s, uh, yeah, singlets exploded and turned into a TV show. Yeah, I think it looks like wrestling wrestling superstars from '92. Yeah, it needs more surge ads. Yeah, <laughs> with just with just new with better athletes and HD cameras. It's just yeah horrible. Yeah, it's it, it's, it's terrible. Like they're they're trying to. WWE is trying to make their target audience much younger. But they're doing a horrible job of it. And, and you know, the thing that kills me about it is that the, the period that they're sort of imitating is the worst period ever in WWE history. Yeah. It's that sort of 1990 to 93 era yeah. where, really, I guess it goes to 1995, yeah. where you had the bright neon colors and you had guys like Crush, right? <laughs> and... And they were all awful. Um, you know, there were some talents there, so don't don't get me wrong. There were some talents there. There was Shawn Michaels was there, and uh, Yokozuna was there. Bret Hart was there. Yeah, and they gave but, us the Undertaker as well. It, yeah, it gave us the Undertaker. Um, but but the Undertaker. The funny thing about that is that was a one note character. Um, you know, Mark Calloway got that really over more than he had any right to. Yeah. Um, because there were other characters that were similar, like Waylon Mercy. Uh, Waylon Mercy would have worked actually if it hadn't been given to Dan Spivey, um, yeah. because he was just too injured. Yeah, um, that was a, you know that's the, that kind of the Cape Fear kind of thing. Yeah, I mean yeah, that, that, would, just, that would work yeah. really well. I think the guy who would have made that work would have been Scott Hall. Yeah, maybe. 
But Scott yeah. Hall had Razor Ramon and that 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 worked. Yeah. Rest in peace, Scott Hall. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I oof, this is gonna this, this is not gonna be a good WrestleMania at all. Um no. so okay, the Monday after WrestleMania is always a big surprise. Is there gonna be a big surprise this year? I don't think so, but I think uh we'll have we'll have Cody show up and that's that's enough. Yeah, just Cody come out to talk. Yeah, just Cody Barry AEW. Hmm. I don't think so. I don't think they'll do that. I think no. he takes a shot at somebody. Yeah, I, I can't like, he won't mention by my name, but he'll take a shot at the other EVPs. Yeah, I, I, I don't know that I, he's going to make WWE wants to give them the two guys from Rancho Cucamonga or the the guy from Canada or whatever. He's going to say he's going to make some kind of comment about those three guys. I mean, the only thing I would say about it is, is that I don't think WWE wants to give them any legitimacy whatsoever at this point. So I think so too. I think so. I I don't know. They exist in their own world. I mean, when's the last time you ever heard WWE acknowledge anybody other than Impact that one time? Yeah. And even then, they didn't call it Impact Wrestling. They 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 said she was the Impact Champion. Yeah, and then uh, Seth Rollins slipped and called uh, John Moxley Mox. Yeah. Referred to the mock, yeah, but that wasn't, but but you know what, that wasn't a reference to AEW, that was just a reference to a guy, yeah, and yeah, yeah. I don't think well, that had anything to do with them. Uh, let's go over to AEW for a minute. I don't want to take up too much time, I wanted to do more WrestleMania stuff, but I think we got to go over there. So, first, since we last spoke, Tony Khan bought Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor's yeah. having their super card, which is on Friday night. So, the day you'll hear this, that card will happen that night. We finally get the Briscoes and the FTR that night. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's too bad that no one's going to see it. Uh, you know, there'll be 500 people in the building and then there'll be, you know, 2,000 watching on Fight TV or whatever. But uh, no one else is going to see the match. Um, you know, again, I think you heard the same thing I heard about the Briscoes. They want to bring the Briscoes, the Briscoe Brothers, to AEW. But someone at the Turner Networks won't allow them to be on. But they're kind of uh, yeah, they're 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 persona non grata. Yeah, I mean, I and don't I care how many times Jay I don't like it, but Jay can apologize. Yeah, yeah it, I, but yeah, they, Jay can apologize a million times. It's not going to help him. Yeah, he's trying, and poor Jay Briscoe is trying. I mean, and I get it. I mean, with some of the stuff he said, you know, again, it goes back a decade. But it, some of the stuff he said was abhorrent. Not only that, but, but he's, you know, he tried to make a bunch of excuses for it too. And that was even worse. Like, it's not just, it's not just that he made the the remarks that were already horrible enough. And who's ever listening to this, you know, just hit Jay Briscoe Twitter and you'll see it. Yeah. But it, it was, I'm not going to go over what he said. About, it was things about homosexuality. I'll come out and say it that. Uh, well, I'm so not going to use he, the language he used. It's, it's yeah. So thing. it's not just that, but it's also that he, when somebody called him out on it, he doubled down. Yeah. Then he tripled down. Yeah. And then he said, oh, well, you know, it, it's, it's, it's not representative of what I think. It's my character things. And that's, you know, that's always bullshit. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's no way he's getting on TV. I, th- I would be curious to know what would happen if, you know, Mark wanted to come on without Jay. But uh, that's not going to happen either. I and mean, those guys I are a package so. deal. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so... Um... But now AEW, you know, no Briscoes. Uh, Tony Khan has bought 
Ring of Honor, but they're going to have them separate. The, AEW right. did not buy Ring of Honor. Tony Khan bought Ring of Honor. Right. How much do you think he paid for Ring of Honor? I have no idea. Uh, I would say probably more than $4 million, like Vince did for the, the WCW trademarks yeah. and stuff. Um, I heard one estimate. I've heard, well, I've heard of someone pie in the sky said 40 million bucks. I was like, no chance. No, no way. It was, it's less than that. Sinclair it, didn't care. No, they Sinclair, just wanted it. I mean, well, Sinclair is using the money for something else. They've got a project yeah. trying to get done with the NBA. They're using the cash for that. Now, yeah. my question is, does, does Tony Khan then get the, the ring of honor time slots on Sinclair? I think he does actually, Do you know but I don't long? know how long it's going to last. No, I, I, I don't know. So that's the most valuable part of buying Ring of Honor, that the tape library. Yeah. Mm. Well, I think the big thing was the tape library, to be honest with you. Well, yeah, um, I think that's going to help them get them all. Because tape. All In is there. Yeah. And that very first All In is there. And I think that's that was very, I mean, that that's obviously, that was a Ring of Honor card. And they were very, very interested in owning that. So, yeah. Well, it looks like um, there's two ways Tony Khan can do this now for if he wants to have a version of an, of an AEW network, if you will, someplace to go online and to, and to watch AEW content. He could go within the Turner family. He could go to uh, HBO Max, or he could go um, to Discovery. Yeah, he'll go to HBO Max. Yeah, he's I think do HBO anything. Max. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna go to HBO Max. That's what I think too, because they can put that different stuff on there. And, yeah, and, yeah, these streaming services need content. I mean, Tony was yeah. smart to buy it. I mean, that's, and then you have the live content. You take all that YouTube shit that they do and throw it on the, throw it on yep. the HBO Max. I mean, it's an easy win. Thinking so, of it's their own section. It'd be like WWE on Peacock, but yeah. they'll have their it's own section on HBO Max because they'll Why put, you? you know, they'll put Rampage, Dynamite, Dark, Elevation, yeah. um, and BTE on one, on one thing. So, you know. You see me now. You see me. Shaking. One source. Fuck those guys. I really. Hey. Guys. It's not even. I just. I tried. Hey, I tried. Since we last chatted, I tried. Really gave it a chance. I went back and watched some of these matches and I can't do it. Well, I'm sorry, old man, that you don't like it. <laughs> There'll be four or five matches better at WrestleMania than those guys. God. There was two on. There was man, there's been better. I'm not even going into it right now. I just don't even want to deal with it right now. I get heated when I hear about those guys. I hate them. I want to see like I don't even know. You listen to too much Jim Cornette. I maybe, but I'm just I don't like you listen I don't to too find, much Jim I don't Cornette. Think you're interesting at all. And I don't it's like watching acrobatics. No, I like it. I, I think, think good. they they are what the WWE is trying to become. Um, no, I don't know. They're not big enough to be what the WWE is trying yeah, I, to become. I agree with you there. I agree with you on that. Yeah. But but the bounce around, it's everybody's kind of replaceable kind of thing. I yeah. And are they the young bucks still, or are they just the bucks now? I think they're the young bucks, but it's ironic. Yeah, well, it's fucking ironic for sure. <laughs> um now, on AEW, we got some interesting stuff. So, William Regal is now in AEW. I kind of like what they're doing with William I love what Regal. what they're doing with him. But I don't like, but here's what I don't like about it. 
I don't like that Brian Danielson was the best heel in the goddamn industry, not named Roman Reigns. And now he's a good guy. Good guy. Now he's got a team. But is he? Yeah. (laughs) Is he? He's going to be vicious, but he's like high-fiving mocks and he's He's, no, those you, guys are just going to be the destroyers of 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 everyone. You you don't like the young bucks? Great. Wait till you see those guys wrestle the young bucks and beat the hell out of them. It, it put dynamite in their hands. I mean, just let them just blow them up. I yeah, but I yeah. I'll so watch those guys man. are going to be brutal. So watching, yeah. What I'm what I'm curious about is whether they get anybody else in there. Now that they, now that Daniel Garcia is over there with uh, with Jericho. I'm curious to whether they do anything, you know, who else they get with, with yeah. Moxley and, uh, and Danielson. Yeah. Um, Cause that's a pretty nasty looking stable. Too? Yeah. They're, they're that kind of thing. Once this Jericho thing with uh, Eddie that's King your new something? monster tag team right there. I mean, they're like the road warriors, right? They're the tag team. Everybody's scared. The Steiners, um, you know, back in the day, they, they're the ones everybody's going to be scared of is Moxley and Danielson, which is crazy if you think about it. I mean, if you think about where they were in, in WWE, yeah. Um, but you know, they're terrifying. You want to see, you want to, um, you got one guy who just doesn't care and is going to be a brawler and is going to bloody you and it's just going to keep beating you, beating you, and beating you. And you got the other guy who's going to take you apart and break all your limbs. So, mm. you know, that's a scary stable right there. Yeah. And then, uh, so now it looks like CM Punk's going to be getting, he gets, he's got, he's got game on whoever's next. He's got next game on uh, whoever's the champion at AEW. Yeah. So that's, I think that's why they had him win the match with MJF. Yeah. Um, because that sets him up nicely as an MJF challenger. Yeah. Now they could do this in a different way, which is, you know, he's been, um, He's been motioning for the belt lately. So, so he just had an interview. He said he, he get, he's got next. That's what he said. Yeah. So I could see him against against Hangman Page and beating him. And then we have the MJF MJF yeah. match. He, he said on on Dynamite Wednesday night that he said uh, uh, Tony Schweiss says, "Well, you're signaling like you want the belt." He was like, "He said, look, it's either going to be, you know, either I'm going after Adam Cole, baby, or or I'm going to have to get in some cowboy shit, but I'm coming for the championship." Yeah, I think we're going to see him against Hangman. I think he probably beat Hangman, and then we'll see. Only problem with that is I don't know how you make either one of those guys into a heel at this point. So, and, and I don't like I don't like face versus face matches. I think they're boring. So, I mean, there's a, there's an interesting dynamic there. I guess I don't see Adam Cole being AEW World Champion. So, um, I guess you could use him as a transition, maybe. Because it would set up a lot of fresh matches with Punk. Um, Because you'd have Punk versus MJF. You'd have Punk versus Hangman. Um, You know, if Kenny Omega ever decides to come back, there's a dream match. Um, You know, if if he's able to, if he's able to get physically where he needs to be, Um, you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff you could do there. Uh, I don't, I don't see Adam Cole beating Hangman, but. I don't, I don't really know, you know, I, I could see that, but they have to get, they have to do another MJF CM Punk match for a belt. I, I don't know how they get there. Yeah. It's, well, we, right now we're all still with MJF and Wardlow, which I think, man, I like both those guys. I think those yeah. guys are the future. I, I think, I think MJF is the best thing going in all of it. MJF is the present. Uh, he is, point. he is the, I mean, 
if I had to say who's the best, like two or three things in all of wrestling, I'll give me MJF, give me Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman, and, and I'll take CM Punk behind those. But I think those two are on a level that nobody else is on right now. Yeah, he's great. And, and I think that MJF's the best thing on an AEW show. And I think that, and I think Roman's the best thing on WWE. Yeah. It helps having Paul Heyman with him. Paul Heyman's in. Yeah, because Roman is, Roman's promos are nothing special. No, they're being better. He, I don't, yeah. But it, I don't but think Hayden, he could cut uh, his own. But Heyman brings that, that more virile. He just, you just know, you know that he's so, he's so slimy. And it yeah. brings more dislike to Roman Reigns. Sure. Sure. Because you, Roman Reigns looks like someone you could root for. I mean, Roman Reigns. Well, not, not currently. Not, not right now. But I mean, you just change the attitude and you go, oh man, this is a hell of a baby face. Look at the guy. Yeah, but they tried to do that. They, they did yeah. that for years and it was terrible. Yeah. So he, he we, really well, needs to be flip, a heel. When they flip it back, it's going to work. Mm, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, he needs to be a heel right now. I, I and I don't well, see I, him. Oh, I, like I said, the presentation, he, there's not many better. If any, no, I, I think I mean, him and MJ for the next, I think for the next, I don't know, however many years, but I, I don't see him being a baby face anytime soon. Um, they I tried it from forever and it didn't work. And now he's a heel. And he's besting on the roster. So, yeah. well, the thing that would have to happen for Roman Reigns to turn baby face would have to be, he loses the belt. He goes away. You know, maybe he goes to make a movie and he's gone for six months or a year or something like that. His cancer could come back. That would maybe do that work for a little bit. Yeah. But he's, you know, he, for him, because he, I mean, look, the guy's a movie star. Look at him. He's, he's a better looking version of The Rock. Yeah, but he can't act like The Rock. No, he he's, can't. he's the guy. He's the guy that plays the, the heavy in the James Bond movie, right? He's, he's not the guy that, yeah, he's not the guy that goes, you know, head to head with, with James Bond, and that's that's the big difference. He doesn't have that kind of charisma. Yeah, so I yeah, I see. Yeah, him. so but, but he can be a movie star. He can be Batista. Yeah, he could be Batista. I could see that. Yeah. He's going to be the rock. Six months, you make two movies, and then you come back, and you know, all of a sudden, you're you, it's uh, it's just new. It's just yeah, new. we'll see. They don't they don't do a good job with with returns either. Soon, though. Not no. anytime soon. But this guy, that's why I think he should win. I think he should be Brock. Yeah, I mean, he's younger, too, by yeah. a few years. Yeah. But I, I've always said that if I could look like anybody, though, I would, if I could choose any person in the world whose body I would want, it'd be Brock Lesnar's. Okay. Ripped in that. Because I'm, I like, I want to be a big. You mean Roman Reigns, or you want to be, look like Brock Lesnar? I would rather look body-wise like Brock Lesnar. Okay. Yeah. Sure. But he's just, uh, I like Cowboy Brock, by the way. I think that's I think that's a good look for him. I think it's. I saw that. So, have you seen any of the uh, TikTok stuff he's done? Yeah, yeah. The one that's incredible to me is him and his buddies all eating the uh, the cowboy ribeyes. Yeah, the tomahawks. Tomahawks, the big bone, and just gnawing on it. And I'm like, I want to gnaw on the on a big tomahawk. <laughs> I can't eat that right now. Not anymore. I, I can't not at this age, not now. I can't eat like that now. I gotta have to go back to the gym. I was just started back at the gym now. I, I I'm gonna have to be in there for like the next six years consecutive to be able to do that ever again. So yeah. Um, 
when is the next AEW pay-per-view? I have no idea. Mm, I can't remember right now. Is it the one in Vegas? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's the one in Vegas. Yeah. Uh, actually, no, I know exactly when it is. It's um, uh, it's over Memorial Day uh, weekend uh, okay. in May. Yeah. They do them a couple. Double or nothing. Apart. Yeah, they do them. They do them just a couple, three months apart. I was supposed to be in Vegas that weekend and some, some plans changed. Uh-huh. Uh, and I, I didn't realize that that was going on that weekend either. So. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, Hayden, let's see what we're going to do. We're going to get out of here. I appreciate you coming on, talking about WrestleMania, AEW, everything going on. Anything we need to pro wrestling historical society. We got to hit that up. Pro wrestling historical society.com. You can come to our, uh, come to our Facebook group. And uh, that's really about it right now. I have much, much more to plug. Okay. All right. Well, hey, get on there. Get, make sure we're checking out Pro Wrestling Historical Society. Uh, Hayden, as always, man, it's always fun to talk wrestling with you. Anytime you want to come on, we'll definitely do this again before. Was it so it's double or nothing? Double or nothing. Yeah. In May. We'll yeah. do something for double or nothing for sure. Sure. So we'll sure. Absolutely. That. And then uh, in between now and then, I'm sure something will happen. You and I have to talk about so. some crazy thing will happen. <laughs> Thanks for it's coming wrestling. on tonight. I appreciate it. Uh, I appreciate it, and uh, we'll see you. We'll talk to you real soon. Take care, bud. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Hey, welcome into the Coach Bo Knows podcast on the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recorded live at the undisclosed location of the O'Connor Advisory Group Studios. Check out all things O'Connor Advisory Group at oagks.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter and Instagram at Coach Bono's Show is our handle. Check out our Facebook page and search Coach Bono's Show. You'll find it. You can also email us at Coach Bono's Show at gmail.com. This is episode 31 and a half, 31.5. So, of course, I'm being joined by the legal counsel of the Coach Bono's podcast. <laughs> she has great legs, but even a greater brain. My co-host, Ellen Wingeter. Ellen, how you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you, Bo? I'm doing all right. I had to practice that like three times. I, again, I still flattered from last week's introduction to that introduction, and I'm I'm going to run with it. Yeah. Hey, we're going to uh, jump around a little bit today. You know, we're going to talk a few different things. Uh, um, Hayden Falcon's going to come in a little bit. He and I are going to talk a little bit about WrestleMania. We're going to do that without you because I know that you have no interest in that at all. Although they, I will say I appreciated your note on Triple H because I was a Triple H person at one time. You know, so. man, he, he uh, I heard so I actually made a joke about he, he has said he has a defibrillator in his chest. And it's, I was at the, I was working out, yeah, I got back to working out and mm-hmm. with some friends at the gym on Monday night. And the lady from the gym, she's trying to get us a bunch of us older guys to go to this class. And one of my buddies is like, he's like the one who gets us all in trouble with his mouth. And he's like, oh, yeah, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. And he's already gone. His credit, my boy Brad's already gone once. But I've been like, I'm not doing this class. So I told her yesterday, and as we recorded this Wednesday, I told her on Tuesday, I said, listen, I have a defibrillator in my chest. And if I was to raise my heart rate too high, it will shock me. And in this case, I don't want to die. So I'm just going to take it easy out here and do what the old people do. And which is a total lie. I just don't want to go to this class and get killed because I'm way out of shape. But uh, yeah. Wow. Hey, oh. <laughs> do we want to do uh, the breaking news first? 
Which breaking news? Well, let's let's do this Bruce Willis thing. This just okay. came out. Let's, let's go here first. It was the last thing we discussed when we get started before we started. But uh, yeah, it, it so we just we're recording this Wednesday night like we always do, and we just heard the last couple hours about Bruce Willis, the actor, stepping away from acting as he's been diagnosed with aphasia. Is that the correct pronunciation? Uh, pronunciation? I say aphasia. Uh, I'm gonna go with whatever you say because I'm just a good old boy from Louisiana. Can't pronounce shit. So I didn't look at the proper pronunciation yeah. though. So we don't know exactly what's called a cause of this. And it, it looks like he's come out with a statement that he uh, he and his family have come out and um through one of his social through social media, through his daughter's social media. Is that right? Is that what you said? Yeah. So rumor Willis posted it on Instagram earlier yeah. today. Yeah. Bruce Willis, of course, we all know Bruce Willis, my favorite movie, Die Hard, um, and uh, is stepping away from acting uh, with his diagnosis of aphasia. I, I hope it's the correct spelling, pronunciation, uh, which is basically a cognitive disorder of some kind. We yeah. don't know what the cause is. We did look, look this up a little bit ago, and what we read was, according to the Mayo Clinic, the condition is, uh, it robs you of your ability to communicate. And it can be caused by stroke, head injury, brain tumors, or a disease. Yeah. So, I first, there's a lot of jokes we can have here. And we'll have a couple, a little bit of fun with it here in a second. But first off, hey, best wishes to Bruce Willis, his family. Obviously, you get diagnosed with something like this. We do not want to take, make light of that. I mean, he's been someone right. who's entertained us. He's been great. I love a lot of his movies. Now we get to have some fun with it, though. Now we not have another bad diehard movie. Because after imagine, Samuel L. Jackson, there was no other good ones. Can you imagine Pulp Fiction with his character not able to put sentences together, given some of the monologues he had in Pulp Fiction? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's... With the gimp and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. And he's had some great movies. I mean, I, I, I you know, I'm a, I'm a diehard guy. I love Pulp Fiction. Um, the movie, the Red movies, I think are hilarious. And both, have you seen those movies? No, I Red haven't. And, oh, you would love that. Red and Red Two are great. It's okay. He plays a former like uh, a sal- like government assassin. Uh huh. And he's trying to get out of it. Like he's he's like retiring. Yep. And he falls for a woman, and they've been talking, and then. Uh, who's she's much younger than him I can't think of her name that plays that and but uh, John Malkovich is in it with him and he's hilarious in the movie okay and it's a they did a movie they did one together it was it was really good Uh the sequel and the sequel uh who else is in it uh Helen Mir is in them she's fantastic love her she's fantastic in those movies um yeah it's you'll like them check those out red and then red two is okay I mean, they're, frankly, they're comedies, they're fun. Yeah, you, you could even watch them with your son. Your son's age, you guys could watch it. He'd even enjoy yeah, it. I, uh, I grew up on Moonlighting, him oh, and yeah. Sybil Shepherd. Yeah. And I need, I now want to very much go back and watch that series because some of that writing was just so under the radar, illicit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was so much, and they had such a good 
you know, rapport until they started sleeping with each other and then started hating each other, Yeah, um, which occurred in real life. So that's part of the reason yeah. why I believe the season felt the series fell apart. Yeah. And then also Bruce Willis was, I mean, at the same time, but he also did Die Hard there at the end. Yeah. And that's kind of projected him into this new atmosphere of being one of the yep. great action heroes of the 80s and 90s. Um, For sure. But, but then there's other movies of his, like, um, I like Fifth Element was another good one I really liked. Yep. Um, the one that I think has always been under the radar that I think he was exceptionally good in was um, his best performance, I think, was... Um, the M. Night Shyamalan Sense. movie, Success. Yeah, Six Sense. Yeah, I couldn't think of the name. I was like, I can think of it. I can see it. I see dead people. Yep. And he was outstanding in that. He was great. And uh, he's done some, and you know, here in the last few years, he's done a lot of stuff that's just been kind of, you know, when we were kids, you would have been like direct to DVD. But it seems like <laughs> you could see, you know, kind of on Netflix, you're like, what the hell is Bruce Willis doing? Yeah. Um, those kind of things. But it's, I mean, he's not been getting those big, big roles. But I hate to see that because I really have enjoyed him. You know, yeah. I've enjoyed him as John McClane and Die Hard movies. Uh, the first three I thought were outstanding, and then the last couple were just awful. So, so I'm glad we don't get to any more of those. But uh, it is, it's a shame to see that. And I can sit here and make jokes about him being a Republican and everything else, but I'm not going to because, you know, I mean, I guess if you have some kind of traumatic head injury, maybe you are a Trump supporter. He wasn't yeah. an out-and-out Trump supporter. He was a he's a Republican, which is yeah. fine. There's plenty I mean, of nice Republican people out there. I, I, you know, Clint Eastwood paved the way a few years ago with his empty chair speech at the oh. Republican convention, but that did not age well, did it? No, no, it didn't. Yeah. But I, regardless, it's I think more than anything, especially given us being in our mid forties, it's that mortality check. Because these are people that we grew up with in a certain sense in middle school and high school. And you forget that they're 20, 25 years older than us. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's just kind of like, oh, shit, this kind of stuff is coming for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. Believe me, I've been in the gym lately. I've, I, it's still so so to fall off the bus. Good for you. Hey, I'm telling you, it's been, I, I'm nowhere near the man I used to be. But no, so it, it, it just to go back to our original point, you know, our thoughts, prayers with him, his family. We don't want to see anything bad happen. We'll have a little bit of fun with it. But, you know, in the end, let's, you know, remember that people do have feelings and some things going on. Um, all right. We're going to do a little bit of we're going to do some sports stuff. We're going to come back for one thing at the end. We'll do the, we'll do the rock. We'll do the uh, Chris Rock, Will Smith thing near the end. But Okay. Come back, but we won't do much on that because I think it's kind of played out too. Um, let's talk basketball for a minute here. To look, I got some grief. Uncle Rico called me. Uncle Rico called me and said, Bo, your take sucked on the NCAA term. And I'm gonna tell you right now, I, I'm 100 percent right. I'm 100 percent I believe my opinion on this. It's been a bad term. You it's, are a non-college basketball fan. It's just bad basketball. No, it's, it's bad, bad refereeing, well, but, which yeah. causes uh, yeah, that, bad basketball. And that may be part of it. No. But, there, but I, here, here's what I'll say about it. And it's, and it's, I watched a couple of NBA games in the last week. And here's what I'll say the differences. Um, the athleticism is obviously, the NBA is a whole different level. So you got to put that aside. You really need to, I, I got to put that aside too. But I think what the problem is, and we see it, I've seen it, and I watched a few high school games the last few years as well. 
the reliance on the three-point shot. No, the NBA fucked everyone. The the Warriors fucked everybody on that. The reliance on analytics fucked everyone. The analytics say if you can make, I think it's 40% of threes, that it's a more efficient shot than than a slam dunk. But nobody does that except for the Warriors because they've got Steph and Draymond and they had Durant for a couple of years. But man, some of these teams, and this is why, and we're going to get into it here about the final four in a minute. It's why I think that the four teams that are left, the four teams that don't rely on shooting threes are the ones that are still available. You even talked about this earlier in the season. With Alabama. Talked about Alabama and you mentioned yep. Providence. These are teams yep. that could be upset because they were reliant on the jump shot. Yeah. And, and I, I just, I, I looked at a lot of these teams are the same. A lot of these teams, whether they were the sixth seed or the 13th seed, they were essentially the same team. Have you looked at the NBA? Yes. They're all essentially the same. Yes, the difference, a- is, the difference is the, the measure of the athlete is just incredibly different. Sure. And, and you have to set – and I'm setting that aside. I'm just saying that this was – because I, I watched the Lakers, the Lakers-Mavs game last night. Hey, that was some bad basketball. The Lakers are freaking awful. They are awful. They are awful. I turned the game off. Oh, my God. I, I just watched Luco just doing shit like he was playing with children out there for a little while. But I, I just haven't been – I think the St. Peter's story has by far been the best thing about this tournament. And now Shaheen Holloway has gotten the, Saint, the Seton Hall job. Good for him. Yeah, he got a six-year contract as alma mater. Yep. So, I mean, Greg, he went and did that. But I just look at it and I just went – a lot of these teams are the same teams. You know, my team is one of them. LSU is one of the same teams. I mean, there's a whole bunch of teams that are pretty much put them in the blood and the same shit. It, the thing of it is, is that basketball is a sport where everyone has a relatively same skill set. Yeah. So it's how coaches scheme yeah. and create their playbook well, to – I agree with that. I agree with a lot of that. So I, I guess. Because if you look, the four coaches that are still coaching are all good coaches. Right. But your complaint that it's everyone's the same. I'm like, they really what other are. sports are you watching where teams are seriously differentiating themselves? I watch a football game. Everybody plays a little different football. A little bit. These teams, I, I, there was. You, you look at an NBA game. All of these teams are basically playing the same thing. I don't know. The, I don't think anyone plays like the Warriors do in the NBA. The Warriors, that was different. four years ago. They don't play like that now. They do. They should have shot they, three. They don't because they've had to adjust of not having Draymond, not having Steph. And so they've had to adjust and bring players in that can do something else. And then when Steph and Draymond are healthy, yes, they can do that. But I think you're blowing off college basketball is what a lot of people do. And I, I, I just, I, good for you. I wonder wonder if we'd have seen more. I wonder if the lack of names is part of it too. I did think about this. There's, if you look what college basketball's done outside of Zion Williams in the last three or four years, as you go four or five years back now, there hasn't been that player. It's there's no player like like a Christian Leitner was, like a Carmelo Anthony was, where you stayed for you were in the tournament three or four times. 
Okay, so uh, Zion was one and done. Well, he was a one year, but he was a guy who everybody knew who he was. Basketball is basketball is no longer, uh, you know, someone who's staying four or five years. Yes, not the I best players the, in college. You're right. I think the biggest thing that hurt college sports on a whole is COVID. Talk to COVID. Me. Let me hear this. COVID hit right as the conference tournaments were happening in 2020. Okay. KU had the number one Ken Palm team rated team number one rated Ken Palm team in the nation on 2020 and was going to be the overall number one seed. Never got a chance to play. The 2021 season was without fans and without hype because no one knew what to do. And so in a little bit different way where teams were still traveling and then they would go on long COVID pauses because they had to, based on how, you know, safety protocols were set up, you couldn't get a rhythm last season at all. And so this season was, it was the real thing. And people were trying to figure out their teams again how to play in crowds, how to travel, how to deal with all this stuff that they okay. didn't have to deal with for an entire season. I, I hear your point. The, the last half of your point makes sense to me. And so I, 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 don't, I would like to know the numbers. How many players left that maybe didn't play in 2020 or 2021? That maybe, in the, maybe they're in the G League now or the developmental league or, or, or you know – I think that early, a lot of the one and done stuff is hurt. In Absolutely. Basketball. I, I don't think the D league has hurt um, the college program. I think, especially once they said kids who are playing in the 2021 season automatically got a fifth year or sixth year. However, they came through they opened up the transfer portal so people don't have to sit for a year before playing after they transfer. And of course, now NIL has happened. I think it's going to be a revitalization of college basketball in a way that people don't anticipate after a two-year lull that the kids, the coaches, the programs couldn't help. Because I think that the 2020 tournament would have been a lot of fun to watch. But no one got a chance to. But now we're in the 2022 tournament. And Correct. it has been fun to watch. And the your team is doing well. I mean, Kansas has been fun to watch. Kansas has been great. They've been the best team in this tournament. Yeah, I, they have been Hard great. I've, I've, I've Martin has been the best player in this tournament. But I disagree that it hasn't been fun to watch. You just don't like watching college basketball. I've watched a lot of it. I just can't. I find it horrible. Now, I do think the final four is going to be good. Yeah. Because they're, they're four good teams. And you know what? I'm I got the so... Kim Pom, I pulled the Kim Palm ratings while you were up here. Yeah. Three of the, three of the top four are in the top ten. And mm-hmm. North Carolina is 16. So mm-hmm. North Carolina got a little rep- misrepresented in the eighth seed in this tournament. But no, they did was, if they're the 16th team on the Kempom report, then they probably should. No, they did not get poorly seated. They played like shit until February. Went 28-9. They're the 16th team on the country. They played like shit until February. Look at their ACC record coming into February. 
They lost to Pittsburgh. Yeah. I mean, this is like your argument saying Kentucky Indiana lost, should have been in the argue, tournament. Kentucky lost to St. Peter's. Again, this is you coming in, never watching college basketball during the regular season, oh, yeah, and going, wild. well, look at this now. Okay, okay look yeah. at Ken Palm at the end of January. Yeah. Yeah, but you can't ask that the whole season. That's only, that's only six weeks, pretty much. So you can't play this game. You either got to watch it or you don't. And you, that's it's cool. Been bad, it's been bad basketball. No, it hasn't. There has been I, I, the games I watched a lot of the games. The There's been games, bad refereeing. I agree with that. There have been two good games, and really one of them was only a good game because one team came way back. Um, I thought Arkansas-Gonzaga was a good game because Gonzaga came way back and was trying to pull it off at the end. And I thought Purdue-St. Peter's was a good game. Other than that, these games have been not been good games. We've seen – I mean, there has been a lot of – I disagree that yeah. – I mean, some of them have been complete blowouts. The, the first a lot Friday. of them have been. The first Friday of it was ridiculous. I mean, I was watching the the game on Friday night with Ricardo, and KU was down by six at the half, and then they blew it out by twenty five. Yeah. Um, okay, let's pick that Kansas game against. So the game they played against uh, Miami. Miami. Mm-hmm. Okay, I watched the whole first half. Thought it was a pretty good game. Kansas comes back in the second half mm-hmm. within what six minutes of the second half. They're got the lead. As soon as they took the lead, I was at home with the dogs and everybody else was gone. I just went, well, I can go do something else. This game's over. You could tell by watching how Miami played, they were done. They don't rebound. They didn't try to rebound. They just wanted to shoot threes and try to get back into the game. They and got that's frustrated. What I, kept seeing. I kept seeing teams that were just going to chuck and chuck and chuck and chuck and not even try to bother rebound. And I'm sitting there going, wait a minute, you don't have a chance unless – you're going to shoot a monster percentage from outside of three-point line. Look, but you don't you, have to be a basketball expert to figure that out. You can just look at the numbers and see that. Sure, I can understand that. But and that's where you, I'm going with it. That's why I thought it was bad basketball, because there's just so many teams that do this. They're just trying to throw shit in from the ocean. Uh, I can understand that, and I appreciate that. And Yes, that can be tiring. But if you're trying to claw back, the fastest way to get there is on a three. Well, yeah, but we're seeing that. I'm seeing that with teams that are down six or teams that are down three. They're just yep. throwing shit. It's like, move the ball. Move the ball around. They are Probably moving the ball around. Bo, this, isn't, this isn't them automatically coming down the court and shooting from the top of the key. Uh, they are moving the ball around and still shooting from outside because they aren't getting a, a drop down or a slip coming through yeah. the post that they like. I, I think it's not... I think it's not a coincidence that the four teams that are still in this game mm-hmm. are four teams that are well coached. Yeah. They all have all around games and none of them rely on the three point. I mean, Kansas is pretty solid from the three. They don't, I don't mean that they don't do it well because Kansas can do it, but Kansas' whole game has been dribble drive, the dribble drive, the dribble drive. Whether that's Ochai, whether that's been Remy Martin, whether that's been Christian Brown. When those guys, when they're playing their best, it's when they're dribbling, they're going to the basket. And when they got down in the game against Miami, they didn't have any, they didn't shoot any free throws in that half. Well, why not? Oh, they did. They just missed them all. (laughs) You've got to make your free throws. I think that I, I, I look at this and I go, 
how many how many did they shoot in that first half? They didn't I don't remember any. offhand. Yeah, they didn't make any. But even if you shot twenty, and you're not going to miss see, you're not going to miss. All. So they missed six. I know that. Okay, that was the spread at yeah. half. And yeah. had they made okay. those six free throws, it would have been at least tied. Yeah. So I mean, again, that's you know. I, but then what did KU do in second in second half? Drove to the basket, drove to the basket, let Remy do some things, boom. He's played fantastic, by the way. Fan, I, I'm just you, you I'm, were spot on with that. You said it a month ago. I'm you said, tickled. You said you said if Remy Martin, you said before the Big 12 tournament. Yeah. You said if Remy Martin plays well, this team has a chance. Right now, I think they're the fave. I yeah. I see that you know Nova's lost one of the starters. Uh, which is just awful. It is. I, I hated that so much. And I hate that too. And last minute of a game and a game you really didn't need him to finish that game like that. But um, I, like I said on the podcast Monday, I think the Nova KU game is the national championship. I don't See, think Duke or Carolina is going to rule the Roman Kansas. Here, here's the thing that I worry about being a KU homer. Admittedly, I am a KU homer. Homer, I don't know why I have so many problems saying that word. You're a homa. Homa. Um, I'm thankful that Duke is in the Final Four because there's no attention on any other team except who Duke is playing. And given that they are playing Carolina for the first time ever in the tournament, it's exacerbated and then compounded by it could be Coach K's last game. Who are you rooting for in that game? Oh, Carolina. Yeah, I just want Hubert Davis to win this game big time. I, I, want, I, I, just I want him to beat him by beat Coach K by thirty. I just want K to be done. I do not want him on this walk off thing. I know that it would be a great feel good story, but not for me. So, yes, okay. I've Duke should have not won multiple games in this tournament. They have so. I'm looking for UNC to do a repeat of their last game of the regular season, you know, at Duke's home and winning big and then playing. And I'm going to be what's really interesting, assuming KU is able to beat Nova, which we are two and one currently against Nova in the tournament. They beat us in 2018 in the final four and then went on to win the national championship. Who is Roy going to be cheering for at that moment? I think you'd be kidding yourself if you don't think it's North Carolina. I know, but is there a part of them somewhere who just has a little KU sticker? Well, I mean, I think he roots for Kansas in most things. I think that, um, I think at the same time, I think he's looking at it and saying, you know, North Carolina, that's his home. That's where he's from. Oh, yeah. He's coached. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I think that's kind of, yeah. I think um, I think it'll be that'll be sort of the, the narrative if it's North Carolina and Kansas. It's like the Roy Williams Bowl, so to speak. But um, and congrats. Also- oh, sorry. Just quick congrats to KU getting the overall uh, wins. Of college basketball. Yeah, that they have the most wins in the history of college basketball. Yeah. Overtaking Kentucky. So cheers on that. 
I'll never pick Kentucky to win anything ever again. I'll never pick anything coached by John Calipari again. I'm never going to trust John Calipari ever again. They were they were hot. They were ready. They were going to do this, and they lost to St. Peter's. That's just ridiculous. Yes, I'm still angry that I blew that in the pool. And also, uh, before we sh- shift talk topics, uh, cheers to Leah Boston yep. from the University of South Carolina who won not only the Women's Naismith Player of the Year, but the Naismith Defensive Player of the Year. It's impressive. And Don Stanley going away with Coach of the Year, which is unsurprising. But uh, that's a good one-two punch right there for her. Yeah. Um, I have not been following the ladies tournament. That's just because I'm an asshole like that. Um, I haven't been following it either. I just saw the coverage today and I thought yeah. it was kind of cool to get player and defensive player of the year. Yeah. It's certainly a unique combination. Um, but I love it. I, I, I think that it's awesome that we give a shout out to the ladies. We try to do that around here. Uh, all right. So, um, yeah. So, that's awesome. Um, the last thing I'd ask you on the, on the tournament. Okay, so we got Kansas and Villanova. This is Saturday. And Duke, North Carolina, who you got? Um, I'm taking KU, and mm-hmm. I'm taking UNC. And um, I may be making a surprise visit to Lawrence if KU wins okay. on Saturday. You need a place to stay. Give me a call. I appreciate that. You going to bring the kiddo? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, um, it, it's, it was a suggestion that was placed to me by another friend of ours who lives there. And I was just like, Oh, I could make a drive. Crazy. It's going to be crazy this weekend. So I could do that. Uh, we're, we're in agreement. I'm picking Carolina and, and KU as well. Good. Not and who, so who do you have between, because the championship game is on Monday, so yeah. we will. I'll record the other one, but you won't have any guests. Um, I'm picking Kansas to win the whole thing. I I have had Kansas. I just, I just think they're the best team left. I, <laughs> I, I, I have been extremely impressed with them in this, in this postseason. I think they've been the best team in this tournament. I think that Remy Martin has been the best player in this tournament. I don't think it's even close. I mean, he, what he's done has been fantastic. And yeah. I'll give you some credit. You were you were spot on on that shit. So, um, you know, I'm not going to be the guy that says, oh, I'm going to go back to my original pick. No, I mean, I didn't – I don't think I had any of these four in the final four. So, yeah. But I I, I think Kansas is the best team. Yeah, no. I think, no, I think Nova, because I give Jay Wright a lot of credit, can yes. stay with Kate. And if he can figure out a way to get around the injured player, I think that's the guy who could do it. Um, but, but I think the winner of that game. So if Nova beats KU, I'll pick Villanova over either Duke or Carolina. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I'm just yeah, and I'm going off of I think that guy's a hell of a coach. No, he is, and I fully agree on that. But yeah. um, it'll be interesting. I think I feel bad for both teams playing the the Carolina Duke game because it's going to be such a circus for them and it's gotta suck yeah all right real quick before we change gears we have to talk about our great sponsor that's trunk club so uh ellen have you had a trunk lately i have one that's supposed to show up okay between now and april 5th okay very cool all right 
um, hey, I was just on here messing around, and we, uh, I'm highly suggesting if you haven't gone to Trunk Club yet, if you haven't listened to our, if you're listening to this podcast, you need to go into the show notes. You need to go in there. There's going to be a link. Get your starter trunk and give it a try. The starter trunk's the great one for me, and it helps you build your wardrobe. We all got to get some new stuff. You know, we got to get those. It's a great way to get 10, they call it foundational pieces that every wardrobe needs, whether you're a man or a woman, if you're tall, if you're thin, if you're fat, if you're short. I'm both the fat and short. And <laughs> that's a great way to get your trunk and to get you some pieces that you're going to need for, you know, future considerations, if you will. So uh, check out the link. You can save $50. Links in our show notes. Um, and uh, get on there. Get a trunk club. Try it out. Give us a shot. And let us know if you like it or not. If you've been using the code and you've done it, I want to know about it. Simply so send me an email at coachbonosshow at gmail.com. And let me know what your experience is with it. Uh, we know we've had a few folks who have tried it out, and I want to know how people are liking it. So give us a shout. Let us know. And we thank Trunk Club for being a great sponsor for the Coach Bono Show. E, you listen yeah. on Monday, right? Yep. I was a little bit rambling. So it was Sunday night. I was tired. But this Deshaun Watson thing's got me pissed. And I'm going to finish. Let me, let me get a thought. I'm going to have you jump back in. Mm-hmm. All right. What I'm not going to talk about today is I'm not going to talk about whether it's the, the right thing and what the reaction is of the, of the fans. I've already said I, I'm a New Orleans Saints fan. I had the Saints sign him and then this. It would have been very hard for me to continue my family. Um, I'm going to get into where I've got a big problem moving forward. I think it's going to affect the league. And it's one of these, this, is, this could be a domino that affects a lot of, a lot of, players a lot of teams moving forward now first you we talked off off the off the air before we got on here and before we started recording and you mentioned you had some thoughts so i'm going to leave it open for you i'll give me some of your thoughts here first and then i'm going to get into the nerdy football stuff um listen i think it's disingenuous for people to say that processes need to work out or that, um, you know, in this instance, the football is different from the football player because I think it's heavily intertwined and that's always a struggle from the art and artist thing that we talked about a few weeks ago. Um, I I thought it was interesting. I saw an article today that Jim Tomey's and his wife decided to cancel their 40 year season tickets over this because his wife was just like, this isn't right. And one of the victims actually responded to her statement and was just like, thank you. I haven't known what to do over the last couple of weeks. And this gives me some hope. And um, yes, I am a woman. I come at it from a different angle. It's completely unsports related. It's from a humanity level more than anything else. And it sucks. And I think some of the things that you're going to talk about, about how the deal was structured and what this could mean for future agreements, which relate to future problems, which will happen 
because we are humans. Um, There is no downside for these athletes anymore. That's well put. That is really well put. We've seen that. Look, I'm all for if a person makes a mistake in life, especially a young person makes a mistake in their life and they say, you know what, and they're contrite and, you know, if you're contrite and you're doing the best you can, you realize, hey, I made a mistake. And we can make mistakes. You can make multiple mistakes. We see it with substance abuse. We see it with, look, I've been married for 20 plus years. And I can even say we'll see it with a domestic assault. If, If you might call it an assault, but I have never hit my wife in 20 plus years, but if the right thing were said, I can't promise I wouldn't do it. And if I did it, I'd be very contrite in the, the moment I did it, but at the same time, and that doesn't excuse the behavior. Right. But at the same time, I wouldn't be out here just trying to protect my job. It, what does Sean Watson look like when he did his little press conference reminded me of the old movie, Blazing Saddles. Oh. You ever seen Blazing Saddles? Yep. Mel Brooks's character is the governor and he's running around and he has the best line ever. He says, gentlemen, we got to protect our phony baloney jobs. And right. that's exactly what Deshaun Watson did. He went in there and he lied to all of us. He just flat out lied to us. I'm going to give you a quote here. When asked about the new contract and asked about why he decided, I'm not saying this is, you know, there was four teams he was choosing from and one of them happened to be the team I'm a fan of. Now, I'm not, this is not me saying, oh, man, I wish he had chosen my team because, frankly, I'm glad he didn't. Mm-hmm. He said his new contract had nothing to do with why he chose Cleveland. That's now, bullshit. He's a goddamn liar because it had everything to do. And I'll tell you why. We talked about this a little bit on Monday's pod. The fact that Deshaun Watson, the suspension that's going to be coming for him, it's coming. According to the NFL rules, the baseline suspension for something along these lines is six games with no pay. So in restructuring his fully guaranteed contract, Deshaun Watson was given a big bonus up front, and his salary for the 2022 season is $1.035 million dollars. That breaks down to a salary of $60,000 a game for 17 games. Now, that's fully knowing that if he is suspended, say he suspended six games, he loses six game checks. None of his bonus, but his game checks. Those are $60,000. That's a $360,000 fine, effectively. If he was to lose the entire season, he mm-hmm. loses a million dollars in pay. Which... The contract itself is $230 million. It's nothing. It's a penance. That's like taking someone who makes $100,000 a year and finding them $5,000 for DUI. And, and that's my point. With It's ridiculous. There, there is no punishment on a professional level for some of this. And yes, I understand that things don't relate to every single employment opportunity, but given that you are now, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, the highest paid quarterback 
in the NFL, a face of the NFL, a former Madden cover boy. What is this league doing that they just continue to shelter abusers? Yeah, his his number is slightly below Mahomes, but okay. as far as per year. But the fact that it's fully guaranteed with Mahomes is not. Um, $230 million over the next five seasons, regardless of suspension in 2022. Um, again, if he suspended a whole season, he loses essentially 0.5% of the contract. That means that the Browns, and the Browns are culpable here in a humongous way. Yeah. Because they wrote this contract to say, hey, we're going to go with you on this. And we're going to make this so good for you to choose us on these other teams that we're going to only allow that if you get suspended, you're only going to lose. You're going to lose less than 1% of your contract. I think it's an insult. I think it's an insult to fans. It's especially an insult to ladies. I would assume I can't speak as a woman. I can only speak as a man. But as a man who's married to a woman, I find that fucking insulting. As a man who has women in my life that I love and cherish, I find that fucking insulting. Well, even as a man who has a son that yeah. you're trying to. Yeah, I don't want my son to be. If my son fucks something up, and I'm not saying he won't in his life, because more than likely he's going to make a mistake. I want and mine certainly will. I, I want him to be held accountable, and I want him to learn something from it. But you know what? My son's not dumb enough to make the same mistake 22 goddamn times. And, and that's apparently Deshaun Watson is. And that's the thing. And so on top of this, and I think we discussed this briefly last week, how are they going to be protecting the women up in Cleveland? Yeah. There is nothing that Jimmy Haslam, the coach, the owner of the Browns can do that's going to smooth this over. No, they can build the fucking Jimmy Haslam women's shelter and put $100 million into it. It wouldn't be good enough. So I, Jimmy Haslam, the owner of the Browns, was involved in this. He had to be you going to do this kind of deal. Yeah. For him, for Deshaun Watson, for everyone in the Cleveland Browns organization, fuck each and every one of you. Cosign. I'm not talking about the player. I'm talking about the man. I just I wouldn't have wanted him on my team until this was all taken care of, and then there'd be a whole lot of, you're coming to us with this. We're going to be in front of this in a different way. This is bullshit they're doing. And this is a very perhaps strained um, comparison, mm-hmm. but Memphis basketball got hit with a bunch of notice of allegations this week. Yeah. Or late last week, just before the, the Elite Eight. And a lot of it had to do with the team failing to comply and provide information yeah. to the NCAA. Now, the NCAA is outdated, and I have many complaints about them. But until this point, every other team, when there had been a targeted player under investigation, Every other team held that player out I, until that investigation was finished. Yeah, I'm not as familiar with the Memphis situation. What I'm, 
I don't like that they brought things up the way they did, but again, I'm not familiar with what they're saying. The NCAA is saying yet. I so, just believe the notice of allegations. Right. I think it did it in a shitty time. But I'm gonna, I don't want to go there. I want to finish up my Cleveland thing. Let's come back to that. Is that okay? I, I think the analogy is that. What was the analogy for? Do that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. That, that Jameis Winston, who was a player that was under investigation, sued to stop him from being suspended from being from playing for the NCAA. He played for three games and then sat for the rest of the season. To me, this is the Cleveland Browns saying, fuck you to everybody else. Yeah. And letting Deshaun Watson play without having any kind of full NFL investigation, not that there would be one. Yeah. And and I don't know what the NFL investigation would be or kids is going to be moving forward. But I will say that again, if this were six more months from now and you've litigated all these different things mm-hmm. and they're done. Maybe you revisit bringing Deshaun Watson to your team. If you need a player like that, but the thing you have to do is that he has to be hat in hand. He has to show con- being contrite. Yes. That's not what he did. He just, he just got over on everybody. Yeah. He got over on everybody. And I will never be a fan of his ever again. I wasn't a fan of his going in. I think he's a fantastic athlete. He's a fantastic player. But he went to Clemson, so I already first didn't fucking like him. <laughs> and secondly, you know, he he's just, he's a, a again, he, on the field talent, there's no doubt. But if you're going to go through that, and then to go and lie the way he did, he just straight up fucking bullface lied to everybody. He doesn't think he did anything wrong. He said as much. Fuck him. Fuck him and everything he believes in. And he wants to come on the show and argue with me. Go ahead. Make that shit viral. I was this. Sean Watson, you got an open invitation to come on and explain yourself on this show. I'll give you the fucking form. I'll ask you softball questions, but if you answer them in softball ways, then I'm going to go in hard on you. And I'll just be sitting in the background waiting to punch him in the nose. Yeah. Now, Let's go to the geeky part of this. Um, we're going to set all the Deshaun Watsons and asshole stuff to the side. Yep. Let's talk about how the Cleveland Browns just fucked every team in the NFL. And I thought this was a really interesting thing for you to bring up. So kind of talk about what you're seeing and what you kind of anticipate trends to be around this. Okay, so... <sighs> The fact that they fully guaranteed Deshaun Watson's contract at $230 million. Now, to give you an idea, Mahomes is a $400 million contract. His guarantee was around eight. Okay. Now, Mahomes will play out his whole $400 million contract. Uh, no one's gotten this kind of guarantee. Now, what's going to happen is I want you to think for a moment if you're one of these five players, Lamar Jackson, mm-hmm. Justin Herbert, Mm-hmm. Joe Burrow, mm-hmm. Kyler Murray, mm-hmm. and I'm going to throw Derek Carr in here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Derek Carr is the free agent. He's the one who will be a free agent after this next season. The rest right. are all younger players coming off their, their first major con, their first pro contract. These are all five men who are going to need, who are going to want contract extensions. They're all franchise quarterbacks. Yep. Okay. Now, their agent is going to call their team. Derek Carr, he's going to get on the phone with the Raiders. They're going to say, we want an extension. And the Raiders are going to say, cool, 
we got you a couple guys. Let's make this extension happen. Right. And they're going to say, hey, we'll give you $230 million over five years. And the agent goes, we want the whole thing guaranteed. Yep. And the Raiders go, well, no, we can't do that. Well, the Browns just did it for Deshaun Watson. And Derek Carr is over here teaching Bible classes. Hmm. And Joe Burrow just took your shitty franchise to the to the Super Bowl. Super Bowl for the first time in 30 years. And Lamar Jackson's been an MVP and a model citizen. And Justin Herbert's a model citizen. And Kyler Murray is a model citizen. If they can guarantee 230 to their quarter, their quarterbacks, you can do better. Now, here's the thing that I find interesting about this. You know how these guarantees work yet? I this don't. I didn't know about until recently. This is this is crazy shit right here. So the Cleveland Browns are owned by a very, very, very rich man. Jimmy Haslam is one of the owners of the Flying J truck co- company. Okay. Stuff. He is a multi-billionaire. Most of these, pardon me, NFL franchises are owned by billionaires. Sure. So when an NFL team, per the agreement with the Players Association, when an NFL team gives a player a guaranteed contract, they don't hand them all that money at once. They'll be hand them a portion of it. But the rest of the guarantee part is actually put in escrow. Who is it guaranteed by? It's guaranteed by the team. The team puts the cash in escrow. Okay. The Cleveland Browns just had to take $230 million and put it in escrow. Now, Watson probably got 30 or 40 of it. I didn't see. He probably got 44 million of it because that's how much his prorated bonus is for the next. So, and then the escrow agreement lays out the payment annually. Yeah. Yeah. And just in the money just paid out as it gets paid out throughout the guarantees of the contract. Even if the contract was terminated the second year, those guarantees have to be paid. So, I guess. And here's where the problem is. Go ahead. I'm just talking from a nerd brain perspective. Yeah. Okay. So here's, hear, hear me out. You've got the team guaranteeing it, mm-hmm. but are those individual owners who actually have the overall wealth? You're following me. You're following me. Guaranteeing the team. No, the, the, the individual, the ownership of the team. So the Cleveland Browns had to go yep. to an escrow company of some kind yep. and a check for $230 million. Now, for Jimmy Haslam, that's not a problem. For a guy like Stan Kroenke, who owns the Rams, and he's worth six or seven billion, that's not a big deal. But let me give you an example. Mike Brown is the owner of the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals. Yeah. And he's going to have to give Joe Burrow a contract. And Joe Burrow is going to want a quarter of a billion dollars. He's going to want it all guaranteed. Guess what? Brown now we don't have that money. They don't have it. They're only worth $500 million. They don't have the money. So that's why I'm wondering if... So what does a team like the Bengals, like the Chargers, the Spanos family is not that wealthy. Most of their wealth is built up in the value of the franchise, not but the other businesses. I understand, but that's where the difference is of the team, quote-unquote, guaranteeing the money and then the individuals behind the team further guaranteeing that money. Well, the money has to be paid out up front. 
So the problem is not that, so what I mean by that is, here's what I'm going to give you an example. So the Spanos family who own the Chargers are not the wealthiest family. They're one of the lower end people who own this, this team. They're not worth billions. They have a couple billion, but they, they're, they're most of their ownership of the, the ownership of the Chargers is the majority of their net worth. They don't have cash. They don't have $250 million to just set aside. Not without borrowing that money. Or owning, so, opening so up the ownership. That's what has to happen. That's what we're going to see. Now, this has happened once before. This happened with the Pittsburgh Steelers a number of years ago. If you recall, the Rooney family is the majority owner of the Steelers. But when Dan Rooney died, he got hit with a huge estate tax that he couldn't afford. Mm. So his children had to sell about 30% of the Steelers. And while they're still majority owners, they had to give up a big portion of that just to pay estate taxes. So now let's look at a team like the Chargers, like the Bengals. They don't have the money. So what are they going to do? They're going to have to sell a portion of the team in order to get cash to pay the player. So here's probably the most interesting case study that we're going to have then. The Denver Broncos, who is currently on the sales block. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Broncos. So the new Broncos ownership will be some kind of conglomerate of people who have enough money. The NFL is not going to allow this to happen. They're not going to allow these family owned franchises like the Bengals and like the Chargers. They've owned them for generations. Mm-hmm. They're not, they didn't just buy them. Right. You know, they didn't just buy them recently. So I find it funny that I think we're going to see something here. You know, like the Raiders are another one that the majority owner of the Raiders is Mark Davis, who mm-hmm. is not that wealthy. I mean, he's wealthy, but he's not multi-billion dollar wealthy. He's going to have to sell a portion of that franchise if he's going to have to pay Derek Carr $250 million. Derek Carr may be a bad example because he may not get that kind of money, but and Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson. I don't know who owns the Ravens right now. I didn't look that up. But, I mean, these guys are all licking their chops now going, hey, man, this guy got 230 guaranteed? Well, shit, I'm getting that. I'm getting more than that because I'm just as good and I'm a model citizen. You can put me on every billboard in town. Yeah, I know. Put Deshaun Watson on the billboards. I think that's a really fantastic point that – actually has my brain spinning right now and like just from the legal standpoint of trying to spin things out and figure out how it works so as a new orleans saints fan you know we're owned by the benson family Mm -hmm. mrs benson don't have that kind of money if she wanted to go get joe burrow to be her quarterback she'd have to sell part of the franchise Mm -hmm. to get enough cash to put in escrow to pay joe burrow so how does pay justin herbert how does the effect of losing the old money of the NFL it create up. the future state of the NFL? That, that's the whole point is that it's going to see, now we're going to see some of these teams are going to get bought and sold. Yep. And they're going to get bought and sold to some kind of conglomeration of multi-billionaires. Hedge and fund. then 
Will the rules change? What will happen? I don't know. It just opens up a whole other can of worms no one thought about. And I'll bet you that every owner of a franchise has called Jimmy Haslam and been like, you son of a bitch. Not just because you went and got Deshaun Watts and the attack that does the NFL. But now you're really fucked us in the money. And you know what's more hurtful to the, the NFL owners than being fucked in the, uh, in the, in the promos and in the, and in the court of public opinion? Being fucked when it comes to money. Yep. So look for that. I want to see what happens. That's that, that may be 18, 24 months away. But That's going to be interesting. really fantastic, fantastic kind of forward looking thing. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I thought of that. I was like, holy shit. And when I read that piece, I was like, wait a minute. There's a couple of teams that can't afford this. Yeah. No. That's like the Buffalo Bills just got away with one because the Buffalo Bills don't have that kind of money. <clears throat> but they put they got Allen on a smaller guarantee. Yep. Now it's gonna all work itself out in five years when this TV money is so unreal, they're all multi-billionaires. I had an NFL team's buying a fucking ATM. You just gotta have a couple billion dollars to get started. Well, the cheapest I, uh, NFL team is more expensive than the highest basketball team. I I am playing Mega Millions tonight, so maybe yeah, we'll I see if I, I win. We'll put a conglomeration together. I've always said I have to be the general manager. Though. All right, hey, um, let's see here. I want to talk one last thing, and I'm going to get up out of here because I got to bring in Hayden, and yep. then I've got to go do an interview with Tyler here in a few minutes for the Jones Report. So join in on the Jones Report because I think we might talk about this in the Jones Report as well. We know we'll be talking about Watson and some other stuff. Um, if you haven't listened, listen to that Studio Soapbox Network. Um, last thing, how is your? You're a Cubs fan first. I know that. Baseball. Yes, and do you I am. The Royals at all? Um, I do. I. Uh, I really fell in love with the team, you know, 13, 14, 15. Yeah. Um, and I am taking my son. We're playing hooky next Friday to yeah. go to the Rockies opening day game yeah. uh, against the Dodgers. So, yeah. I, um, I kind of have a love-hate relationship with the Royals. So but, I'm, a Red, I'm a Red Sox fan. First, as you I know. But, but their hero my, is coming back. Here's my love-hate with the Royals. I, I want to be a fan of theirs. Mm-hmm. I really do. I want to be a fan of them. They're a local team. I love baseball. I love going to the games. Yep. But they're run like they're run like a, a, a knockoff pizza shop. Yeah. It, it's just awful. And you know, they've been so we're gonna know about the Royals in 2022 here as soon as they announce the opening day roster, as far as I can tell. Well, at and, least we have an opening day pitcher. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Zach Greinke's going to pitch opening day. He could pitch in the bullpen for the Astros in the pros the postseason, but he can be opening day for the Royals. Um, the Royals have got some really great pieces offensively. They got some really good offensive pieces. I like some of this team, but where I'm going with this is they have the number one rated. Well, he's the number two rated technically now. Um, um, young player in baseball, and Bobby Witt Jr. I guess he's actually not rated at all now because now he's going to be on a roster. The new CBA just came out, and the new CBA has some really interesting language. We talked a lot about the tanking issues and one of the yep. issues was 
um, um, service time. And you had to have six years of service time to be able to be a free agent. There's arbitration in there after five, all this stuff. So the new CBA has a couple of rules. I'm going to read these off real quick. New CBA says if you got a player and he finishes in the top two of the rookie of the year voting, no matter when you brought him up, he gets a full year of service time. You can bring him up July the 30th. He somehow wins rookie of the year. It's a full year of service time. So that was kind of a given to the players. But this one I found interesting. If a team promotes a player on opening day, this is from the actual CBA agreement, okay. keeps him for the full season, a team will now be, will be eligible for up to three draft picks if the player finishes in the top three of the rookie of the year voting or in the top five of the MVP or Cy Young voting in the years before arbitration, which is now four years. Okay. So Bobby Witt Jr., we're going to use this as an example. Service time is a big issue. We saw this last with Vladimir Guerrero. The Royals were doing it with Bobby Witt last year. They didn't bring him up at all last year because they said, well, we don't want to give his service time. We don't want to use him for part of the season. We know we're not going to win. And then right. we use up losing that time, and he comes a free agent and leaves. That's because you're a cheap-ass organization, first off. Thinking like that's cheap-ass thinking. Also, I would just like to know your thoughts about the change in ownership yeah. in there. the Royals and Maybe. how that's going to influence I'll do that. I'll do that. Okay. Um, I don't have a real good feel on that yet, but I'll, I'll tell okay. you, I think it's, it, it can't be any worse. Okay. Um, so here's the thing. Bobby Witt Jr. needs to be on the, on the roster day one. He's dominating in spring training. Yep. He's been dominating. He is the best young player currently not on a major league roster. He's, you know, all the young players I've seen, the only person I've seen ranked ahead of him is uh, Adley Rutschman from the catcher from the Orioles, okay. who, if he wasn't hurt, would already be on the roster. He came up with, played part of the season last season. But with the new idea that if Bobby Witt were to finish in the top three, mm -hmm. he now gets draft pick compensation uh, added to him. If he finished top three of the rookie of the year. Right. The Royals get a draft pick. And if he's good enough a player, so if you think this guy is this great, which we all think he pretty much is, I mean, he's a number one, he's the number one guy in all of Major League Baseball, according to every review he's out there. Yep. If he finishes in the top five for the MVP or Cy Young, but in his case, the MVP, he's not going to Cy Young, then you could get additional draft picks up to three if you lose the player in free agency. Okay. So this is a no-brainer. Now you just, just simple. This player has to come play right now. If this player is that good, which we all assume he is, he has to be on this squad right now, opening day. There's no reason not to because you're going to get compensation if you lose him. Right. You're going to get compensation. You might get a hell of a compensation if he's the hell of a player you think he is. And if he's that good, you're probably going to extend him anyway. You're not going to let him get out of town. And if you do, then that's your own fucking fault. Agreed. So I will know on opening day if the Royals are serious about 2022. We'll know they're serious if Bobby Witt's on the roster. Okay. If he's on the roster, they're going to take this season serious. If he's not, they're not taking this season serious. Plain and simple. 
That's interesting. And I honestly do wonder how much the change in ownership plays into that and who has say in what, I mean. Well, of course, ownership's going to have a say in this, but, and and I don't know much about the new owner. I know that he's been given some promises behind the scenes. I've heard about some of these things that aren't really all public yet, but what I have heard, he's a local guy. He, yeah. knows he does not want to move the team. That's the biggest fear Royals fans have. Is of course. To move a team out of somewhere else. You know, Especially with all the talk of yeah, Chiefs Nashville or Las Vegas or something like that. Um, that's not going to happen. He can't be any worse than the Glass family. Correct. The Glass, if the Glass family were still the owner of this team, there is zero chance Bobby Witt would be on this roster. Absolutely. He wouldn't be on the roster until the middle of August. Yep. Because they would manipulate the fuck out of his service time because they were cheap they're like walmart they're they're a walmart family that's how they run things they ran the royals like walmart and look they had some success for a couple of years but overall the glass family i think was a negative to the royals organization yeah i really do i mean i think they had three years where i think dayton moore the general manager has done an outstanding job yes that guy's trying to play the game blindfolded and with one arm behind his back. Yeah. And he did an outstanding job of drafting and putting teams together. They actually cashed in and got a championship. Congratulations. That was wonderful. The city was behind them. This city's and very they, fickle when it comes to the Royals because if they're good, they'll get behind them. But when they're not, they ain't. And they've built a decent farm system. Yeah. As so, reflected by Bobby Wood Jr. This is the guy. <laughs> And if you don't know, he's Bobby Witt Jr. His dad was a major leaguer. His dad was a major league pitcher for the Angels back in the in the um, actually was the Rangers back in the eighties. His uncle Mike Witt actually pitched a perfect game the Angels back in the eighties as well. Uh, he comes from great pedigree. He's going to be a great player. He's a shortstop, so you know he's a hell of an athlete and the a great hitter. Run around if you need to. What's that? Great hitter. Any guy's a, any guy's a fucking stud with a bat in his hand. This guy's going to be really good. He has a chance to be a. I mean, you want this kind of player to be a Hall of Famer. It's hard to say that. That's a lot to put on somebody, but he can be the best player of a generation for the Royals. He could be the next Royals, Eric Alex Gordon. Yeah, but I think he'd be better than Alex Gordon. I think so too. Yeah, I I think that I mean. I still think the best player of the last generation of the Royals is Salvador Perez. I love Salvi to death. I think he's also going to be in the Hall of Fame. I hope so. He deserves I, it. I think he is. I think he's the second best catcher in the last 30 years. And I might get some grief for that. But I think since Pudge Rodriguez retired. Oh, Pudge. I think he's the second best catcher. I think him and Molina are one in 1A. Okay. And Fair. I would take, and honestly, I'd take Salvi's stick. Over Molina's. Molina's yes. a better defensive catcher. I mean, Molina's in that top level, Pudge Rodriguez, Johnny Bench area. But yeah, I see no reason. Molina will be in the Hall of Fame. I think Salvador Perez will be too. I think he'll get his number retired by the Royals. I hope so. Yeah. Oh, he will. He will. I think sooner than later, too. I think when he gets to his last season, it'll be out there. Fingers crossed on that so one. I, I hope that Bobby Witt is on. I think it's going to tell us a lot. Let's see where he's at in there so yeah so hey i'm going to uh i'm going to excuse you the rest of the way here thank you appreciate you coming on i'm not going to make you sit through the wrestlemania preview because 
<laughs> me and Hayden are going to nerd out. And we're probably going to disagree on a lot of stuff. Actually, I think we're going to agree on most stuff. I'm not looking forward to this as much as like most wrestling people are. Did your son ask to watch it yet? He watches it with his dad sometimes. Like so I well, don't. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, you got to, you know, it's free this year. It's not on pay per view this year. What? WrestleMania? On Peacock. Oh, well. It's... On Peacock Saturday night and Sunday night. Well, I, I mean, we'll be watching the KU game. <laughs> yeah. It's Saturday night. Watch... Well, by the time the only thing interesting that's going to happen on Saturday comes on, KU game will already be over. Okay. Well, good to know. I, I have no idea if he even would want yeah. to. But on okay. Sunday, I'll have one good match at the very end. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll talk about that. Oh, Hayden enjoy come your back. time with Hayden. Yeah, Hayden will be on here in a few minutes, and uh, we'll get that going, and then uh, I'll do the out from there. So thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate thank you. you. Thank you. And thanks for like, keeping it kind of easy on me when it comes to my basketball takes. I know you don't <laughs> agree, but that's all right. Reasonable folks can disagree. So, yeah. Um, hey, I'll see you next week. We'll have you in here. So I appreciate you, and I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Hey, we're here to wrap everything up here on the Coach Bonos podcast this week. I want to say a big shout out to Hayden Fallick for coming on, previewing WrestleMania, talking a little AEW and WWE. Always thanks to Ellen, Token Girl, for coming in, helping us out in the beginning. Uh, my co host there on the 25. She's just wonderful. So thank you to both of them for coming on today. Thanks to Tyler Jones and everybody at Studio Soapbox for all you do behind the scenes. Most importantly, I want to thank you, the listener. Don't forget to rate us and reviews. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast. We appreciate every five-star review. So until next time, I'm Coach Bo Ryan O'Connor. Have a great weekend. Remember your time tokens are non-refundable and rock chocolate.